What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I got a really good friend here. We've talked through one of my old companies called Money Club together. Ahmad is is like you kind of have a larger than life perception in my world, and and, he, and here's why: like you and I got connected through GoBundance, but like your whole life is now snakes. And you've got this company called Aussie Boys that started as a hobby and now it's like booming. And and like I'm still on the outside looking in, like, how is this possible? You you've built a life <laughs> out of your passion. And it's so cool yeah. to see, man. I'm I'm so excited that you're here. We're going into like the holiday season when we're recording this. When you look back on your year, man, let's just start with a couple highlights, man. Has this year been awesome for you? Yeah, this year, this year has been epic. Um so this year I hit I hit a few uh milestones. Um uh one is running. Like I I stopped running since high school. I'm 53 now. And this year um last year I started running again and um and uh this year I ran two half marathons. So that was a pretty big accomplish uh for me um from a physical standpoint and health standpoint, I think I'm in the best shape of my life at 53. Yes. I'm going to be 54 next month. And, um, dude, I feel great. Um, my health is dialed in. I work out every day. Um, I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of positive, uh, inspirational people. Um, business is, is business has slowed down this year, but it's still great. I, I was looking at my books, um, at the end of the year. And I'm like, you know, con- considering uh, everything that was going on in the economy and, and within my particular industry, like I crushed it still. Um, my real estate is doing really, really well. Um, traveled to, se- well, s- the seventh country is going to be over Christmas. I'm taking my daughters to Aruba. But man, it, it hit Portugal with my daughters. Um, did Croatia. Uh, actually I did England after that, um, to, to go attend a fundraiser for, uh, uh, Brian Barczyk, who, who's also in GoBundance, who's, uh, fighting, uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, but got to, got to go to England and hang out, uh, with some really cool people. Um, and then, uh, Croatia in July, uh, with Camille, Daniel Del Real and a crew, like we, we, you know, rented this boat. So it was just uh, friends and family on the boat. And we sailed from Split all the way down to Dubrovnik. Like that was an epic vacation. Um, then I did Columbia, bucket list trip the, with the, with the, uh, uh, with GoBros and um, went to Dominican Republic with a girlfriend. I think that was October. I think it was October. And then uh, the most recent was Jamaica. Uh, uh, with Mark and we went there and ran a reggae half marathon. So yeah, man, a lot of travel and then been down to Florida, you know, saw you in Georgia. Um, so that's just, right. you know, j- a lot of travel within the United States too. And, uh, that's my passion, man. I love traveling. It just, it just, yeah, I man, it just excites me, inspires me and uh, keeps me motivated. So it's been a killer year, man. I can't complain. Uh, feeling blessed for sure. <laughs> for sure. It sounds like a killer year, man. I, I know yeah. you and I both love travel. And when you start to get out in the world, 
I think yeah. it gives you a sense of of appreciation. I, at least I find that I was just in in Brazil recently, and and when you're somewhere else away from what you know and the way culture yeah. is, you sort of get to look at yourself a little differently in the mirror. What's something that maybe all that travel showed you that you have really good that you might not have noticed if you didn't leave the States? Every time I, um, every time I leave uh, and go to another country, it, it, it just gives me so much gratitude and uh, appreciation for living in the United States. Like, you know, travel yes. is great. And a lot of these places are beautiful and interesting. But like, I, I, you know, you go to Colombia, you know, you go to Croatia, you go to these beautiful places. But, you know, the, the, the economy that we have here, the infrastructure, the safety, um, everything, I, I, I just think we're blessed and we're lucky to live in the United States. Uh, we, we enjoy a lot of freedoms that other people do not enjoy. Um, so again, just, just having that gratitude, uh, uh, lucky to have been, been born in this country. Um, and that, that's a constant, consistent <laughs> reminder. And, it, and it, I love traveling, but it always feels good when I, um, step foot back on U.S. soil. Just, just, you know, yeah. Yeah, I get that, man. It is. And I think that's really worthwhile perspective and, and ties pretty well into what I want to talk to you about today. Now, yep. I know you're you're born in New York. Yep. You came to D.C., studied at George Mason. Like You've had a, a career that, that's very different when it comes to what you do today. For somebody that has never met you, never heard of you, yeah. how would you describe what you do? Because I was trying to think about this and I was like, I don't even know where to start, man. I have no idea. I understand Ozzy Boyd, but I don't get it. So, so Ozzy Boyd's in a nutshell is, um, it started as a hobby and basically what we do, I'm, I'm a science major. And, um, so I geek out on the genetics and all of that. I, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I love the business side of it, but basically what we do is we, we take these different color and pattern mutations that are naturally occurring in these, uh, snakes. I work with ball pythons, so they have a lot of different color and pattern mutations. The most common that, that, the, the, you know, lay person would understand is like albino, you know, everybody has seen an albino snake. So that's a recessive trait, you know? So, so we'll take like an albino and we'll combine it with say like a genetic stripe, you know, and those babies will look normal, but they will be, they, they will be double homozygous for albino and genetic stripe. And when you breed those two normals back together, you have a one in 16 shot at making an albino genetic stripe. And if you hit it, you know, great. Now you have this double homozygous designer snake <laughs> that doesn't occur naturally like, you know. So it's that's what we do. We basically, we're breeding and we're making designer snakes. And I've been doing it for 23 years now. So some of my animals may be carrying, you know, eight genes, you know. It may have taken me 10 years to get to that particular wow. animal. So, so there's a lot of time and effort and creativity and, in in in, in pairing, you know, and collecting all of these different genes and then pairing to make a snake that's never been seen before. And then you make these animals and, and like, you could go to my page and you could just check out the pictures. They're beautiful. But if you're, if you're a, a reptile geek and enthusiast, you you understand and appreciate it even more because you understand all of the genetics and the time that went into creating this combo. And um, and these animals are just simply beautiful. It's like living art. 
is one way that I would I would describe it. I love I love animals, love working with them. Um, but then the genetics and just hatching out really, really cool stuff. It's it's like icing on a cake. And of course, when you make something that, you know, if, if, if something takes 10 years to make, you know, somebody is going to want to buy it rather than spend 10 years trying to replicate it. So that's right. Um, that's the hobby in a nutshell. Um, I, I breed, produce really, really cool animals. I have a blast every day. I ship and export them all over the world. I just sent a big shipment to Japan um, earlier this week. And it's um, it's a blast, man. I feel like I'm uh, literally, literally living in a dream. Um, so that's that's basically what I do. It's it's okay. So that alone sounds like a fairy tale. Like I breed snakes and and make them different colors. Like it, yeah. it is really cool. And and I know you've you've been successful in it. And I know it continues to get better. Uh, where so a nickname for you is Ozzy. What what is the Boyd's? What what does that mean? Is that Boyd's, a snake term? Yeah, Boyd's is um, Boyd's describes. Uh, so in the phylogenetic tree, um. Uh, the family name of constrictor snake is Boadai. Uh Boadai. Got it. So it's it's spelled like boys, but with an A E at the end. And a slang term for constrictors is boys. So that's where that comes gotcha. from. So it's basically that means Aussie constrictors. Um, nice. In a nutshell. Because I work with boas too. I have a few boas, but my primary the primary species that I um that I that I focus on is the royal python or the ball python. Uh, it's the common name. Well, if, if you're in the market for for snakes or or really just want to follow <laughs> along Ozzy's story, yeah. like, dude, you got to give this guy a follow. It's it's been really cool to spend time with him, and even the snake community, you you pour a lot of love into. So there's there's Absolutely. always education and, and influence that he's he's bringing to the, his world. I want to I want to go back in time because it's it's really easy p- part of what we've attempted to break down here on this show is is what change looks like. A change is, yes, is something we yeah. all want, yeah. but it looks on the outside very different than it is on the inside. So go back to Brooklyn, go back to when you were young. It wasn't always this way for you. What, what's been your journey no. through some major, major changes in your life? Because it, it yeah. couldn't have always been cakewalk and sunshine. No, no. Um, as you know, many, many, many of the uh, guys in GoBundance who have a lot of success, many of them had some type of um, childhood trauma or something that they they experienced early on that just gave them um, a lot of grit and resilience, you know, um, and and drive. Uh, and and that's definitely the case for me. Um, so I grew up in Brooklyn in the eighties. And in the 80s, anybody who who lived in New York during that time would know, you know, there was a recession. It was the crack epidemic, um, high unemployment. Uh, it was a really, really tough time. And uh, me coming up um, in Brooklyn was just like it, it was it was uh, it was tough. Let's just say that my 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 teen years uh, very early on at 13, I started selling drugs. Um, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I was, I was always a bit of a rebel, um, never really a conformist, um, for the most part. Um, but one thing is, you know, coming up, you know, uh, you know, minorities growing up in, in like New York, 
during those times. It was rough, man. It was it, it was rough. The murder rate was high. Um, the prisons were like packed and mostly with, you know, minorities. Um, so we 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 had a real basically what I believed back then, and this son is like really trying to move <laughs> this laptop around. Um, it's just beautiful today, so I want to sit outside. Um, so we felt uh, the way I would describe it is we were hopeless. We we were convinced, me and all my friends, we were convinced that we would be dead or in prison by the time we were 18. Damn. So, you know, when you when you have a young man and you rob him of uh, uh, any hope for the future, I don't even want to say rob him because I think it was a self-inflicted um, a self-inflicted thing. It was, you know, I can believe whatever I want. And again, now that I know what I know about the power of mindset and stuff like that and the power of beliefs and self-talk, I now realize that basically we created this future, this reality in our heads and, and we made it, we made it become, <laughs> because we believed it so strongly, it became a reality. And, um, and, you know, I was convinced I'd be dead or in prison by the time I was 18. So, so, so were my friends. And we were like, fuck it. We're just going to raise as much hell, have as much fun as we can <laughs> before that happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if we're, we're going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang. But, you know, unfortunately at the time, like I, I didn't realize that that was really, um, a victim mindset. Um, it was, it was definitely a self-limiting belief. Um, and guess what happened? You know, me and my friends, we ended up dead and in prison. Me personally, luckily, I ended up in prison. And I say, I say that luckily because it was a, it was a blessing in disguise for me. Um, mm. uh, got like, I, I was like from 13 to 17, like I was, I was running the streets hard. I was hustling. I was, um, fairly good at it. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm a good business person. I know how to, um, make money and just think outside the box. And, and unfortunately I did really, really well with it. Um, and then when I was 17, I got locked up twice. Um, so, you know, the first time they gave me probation and then the second time, um, that, that was a probation violation. So mm. I ended up, uh, you know, uh, for the next year or so, let me move here. Cause it's, this sun. sun's just following you. If you yeah. if you're if you're listening yeah. and don't have video, the sun is just glowing on Ozzy's like wherever he goes, the sun <laughs> is just chasing him. It's great. <laughs> so so anyway, man, I you know I got locked up and and the prisons were so overcrowded, like you know especially the adolescent uh, facilities, you know, because all, all all of the teens in my hood were we were just running wild, man, and 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 the crack epidemic made it so easy to like make a lot of money. And it was just like the wild, wild west in my neighborhood. And, um, wow. and so I get locked up and, and the prisons are so crowded. Like, you know, we're supposed to get one hour yard time every day and stuff like that. It was none of that. It was pretty much locked up in a cell for 23 hours and 15 minutes every day. Um, we got yard probably once a week. Um, so it was, it was, it was, a, it was, I joke about it now. Um, and I honestly believe it was a blessing for me because it was like a meditation retreat for me. I was in that cell 
and I could not hide from myself. I could not smoke weed. I could not distract myself. The only thing I could do was exercise, read, and self-reflect. And as I sat there, the first, you know, the first few weeks, I was just going crazy. I thought I was going to lose my mind. And then I started to just like get into a routine and almost like a meditative style. I wish I knew how to meditate back then. I think it would have been been very beneficial. But I started to realize that, like, I, I, I realized, like, I was, everything that I was doing, like, outside and my friends, like, it was insanity. And, and I, you know, that's when I came to realize, I'm like, you know, I'm not a gangster. Like, that shit is not in me. It's, it's, I feel bad. I have a lot of guilt for the things that I've done. And even though I was 18 at the time, um, I still knew deep down in my heart that I wasn't living, um, I wasn't living a good life and I wasn't being true to myself. And I was just, uh, I was just going with the flow and allowing the environment that I was in to influence me. Um, Fast forward. So, you know, I get out, I get back home. I did a year. um, I came home. And I found myself right back in the same environment. I, I was trying really, really hard to keep my nose clean, work, um, and just do my thing. Um, but I was still surrounded by the same insanity, um, the same negative influences, et cetera. And then um, eventually I was on two years parole. And, and towards the end of my parole, my cousin that I was always close with, he had, he had went away to the Air Force. He was living in Virginia. He shows up. And he invites me to come stay with him in Manassas, Virginia, rent a room uh, and maybe, you know, uh, go to college or something like that. Get a job, go to college part time. That's exactly what I did. Um, I didn't hesitate. He he just showed up on one random Sunday. And when he made the suggestion, I said yes, like right away, like right there on the spot, uh, because I knew I knew I was in a really, really difficult situation. I knew that I would um, get caught up in some shit. I would get murdered or, you know, locked up or something because I was just in that environment. And it was it was a really, really difficult environment. Um, even if you're not doing anything, if somebody has beef with your friend and they see you walking on the street, they'll try to take you out. That was just the environment that I was living in. And um, a lot of times you, you, you know, when you're going out on the street, it's like, you know, you don't have a license to carry, but if, but if you don't carry and you get caught by some dudes and you're unarmed, you're a dead man. So it's like your decision is, you know, do I carry and risk getting locked up or do I not carry and risk getting murdered? And that's essentially what it was like growing up in the hood. It was pretty harsh. Um, so my cousin, essentially, I tell my cousin now, like, bro, you saved my life. Like you literally saved my life. Um, and when I moved down to, to Virginia, it was slow as shit. Uh, it was like going from New York to Manassas, Virginia. That was uh, 1991. That was like that was like some serious culture shock, but it was exactly what I needed. And I was just, I, dude, for the first time in my life, I just had so much gratitude. I felt blessed and lucky to have gotten out of that environment alive. A lot of my friends didn't. Um, and with my freedom intact, you know, and when I did got, get locked up, I got locked up as a, a adolescent. So I had um, something called youth offender status, which basically, you know, blocked it. It basically cleared my record as long as I stayed out of out of trouble as an adult. Um, 
So that's why it was critical for me not to get in trouble again. And uh, I did exactly that, man. I started working as a day laborer. Bro, I drove down here. You know, I live in a million-dollar house now. You know, I drive a, a Range Rover. Like, I, I, I live a really charmed life now. Um, money is a non-issue. Um, but when I drove down here, I, I had a used car. I couldn't even afford registration and insurance because it was so expensive in New York. Um, so I drove down in here in a car with no no registration, no insurance. Um, my clothes was in a garbage bag. And my only possession was like a TV and a VCR and, and uh, the used car uh, that my mother <laughs> gave me $4,000 to buy. So um, that's how I came down here and I, and I started working. I, my first job was working as a day laborer. Um, I was working as a day laborer with like immigrants and drunks and ex-cons. You show up at 4.30 in the morning and if they have a job, right. they send you out. If not, you go home. And uh, I started doing that. Um, they saw me as this young, clean, you know, clean cut kid that works hard. And they, so they used to send me out almost every day. And then uh, I eventually uh, got a job working as a security guard. I enrolled in uh, Northern Virginia Community College, got a two year degree. Uh, then eventually I transferred to George Mason. And again, just, you know, working full time, going to school full time. Um, and I think the biggest change for me was that mindset change. I went from victim to somebody who uh, took responsibility for their behavior and their actions and the situation, you know, that I was in. So when the opportunity presented itself, I fucking left and I was determined to make the most of it and work hard and turn my life around. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and I started working in the biotech industry uh, and I started the snake thing while I was, you know, working in the biotech industry. And it was just as a hobby business and it kind of blew up. Um, I did really good in the biotech industry. I made it all the way up to director level. I was a site quality head um, at, a, at a biotech company here in Rockville working for Sanofi Pasteur, which is the third largest, you know, pharmaceutical company in the world. So I did really, really well career wise and business wise. So that's my story in a nutshell. Um, Man. So, so a few things that really stand out in that one, you've, you've walked a full life. You've seen a lot of width in your experience. And I, I, I appreciate the shares here. It also speaks to a, a tenacity that you have and a, a willingness to change. You, you've gone through a lot yeah. and experienced a lot. It also sounds to me that you've had to consciously say, okay, I'm going to make a change no matter how uncomfortable the change is. I'm going to make that change. Is, is change something I, I know, I know you now, so I, I can easily surmise that change is something that you look for. But was it, was it always like that? Or did you have to really strap up and say, Hey, this is going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to make this move down to Virginia. I'm going to get into a new field. Yeah. I was, um, I was always tenacious and I was always trying to, uh, uh, you know, improve my situation. Um, unfortunately, early on, we felt like the only way out was uh, by selling drugs. And, you know, and, and all that we complained about how awful our neighborhood was and how dismal our prospects were, you know, we ended up contributing to that. And, and and becoming mm. a part of the problem 
rather than, you know, rather than, uh, 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 you know, trying to find a real solution to, to do it right and clean and, you know, and maybe, uh, uh, you know, encourage other people to, to, to follow in our footsteps. Um, but we were just going with the flow with everybody else around us. And it was just, it was just pure insanity. So I've always pursued change. I still do now. I think I've gotten better at it. Um, and you know, like when I quit, when I, in 2017, when I resigned from, um, my biotech job from my director level position, um, I was seeking change. That, that was all about change. That was, I was making over $200,000 a year. It was a good, it was a good job, but I was overweight. I felt like crap. You know, I was burnt out. Um, and I wanted to get in shape. You know, I was 235 at the time. Um, I'm at 187 now. I'll be, I'll be probably like around 180. Uh, I'll commit to you probably by, uh, February. So I'm, I'm cutting some more fat now. I'm working on, um, you know, adding some lean, lean, lean mass and just, you know, being super, super fit. No excuses, man. I'm, I'm, so I'm constantly changing, uh, chasing uh, improvement, um, constantly, constantly trying to better myself. I mean, that's what life is all about. And that's why I love Go Abundance because it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a group of guys who are, um, facing their bullshit, constantly trying to improve. And it's not just about money. You know, it's about health. It's about contribution. It's about, you know, your mental health. Uh, it's about your relationships, um, family, friends, and, and also living your life to the fullest, the bucket list piece of it, you know, and, um, and, and, and pursuing that passive income, because that's the key to being able to focus on all of those other things that are, that are important to you. It's, it's almost like you've gone from, I can't have anything to, I can have it all. Like even the way that you describe that, right. It's got this width to, to your life now is, Hey, I I can't have it all. I want to go back to, to two things that you said. You said, one, we believed that we'd be dead or locked up by 18. And, and almost by the way that that statement was made and the way that you shared your story, you made choices based on that belief that sounded like they, they almost perpetuated that. That's one. And then you mentioned, you said, uh, I was just going with the flow in my environment, which is one of the most dangerous things anybody can do, right? To not, not build yep. it for themselves. Yep. So that that mentality, which we can label a victim mentality, is is an interesting one because when you're in it, it never feels like you're in it. How did how did you get to a place where you recognize like, hey man, I'm this is me. This is something I got to fix for myself. Man, I was uh, again. It was it was being locked up, you know, with yourself, no distractions you know, and it just gave me a lot of time to self-respect, uh, self-reflect and start to develop that self-awareness that I really never, uh, never had before in my life. So as I developed that self-awareness, um, I started to realize and recognize some of these patterns and I was reading things like I read, um, uh, the, the autobiography of, uh, uh, Malcolm X. And that, that would, that was a really, that book really hit me because, you know, you hear about Malcolm X or whatever, but I never really knew his story. And, and, and I read about him, how he went from being like a pimp and a, you know, a hustler and a drug dealer and all of this to getting locked up. And then, and then his life was, was 
an example of constant transformation and growth. And, um, and first he started out in the nation of Islam and he got clean and started to educate himself and stuff like that. And he still, he, he was being fed like a lot of negativity, you know, white people are devils and all of this. And then he, and then he started to outgrow the nation of Islam. Then he went to Mecca mm-hmm. and, and he's in Mecca and, you know, it, it, Islam is a very inclusive uh, religion. So I, you know, I'm not a religious person, but like if you if you go to Mecca, you're gonna see white people, Asian people, Chinese. You're gonna see, you know, people from every race praying together, and that's what happened to him. And then he said, like, hang on, this narrative of the white man is the devil is a bunch of bullshit. And um, and he started to like break away, but you know that that ended up getting him killed. I think um, he was. Uh, he was, he was trying to break away. He was trying to grow. And, you know, when you start to outgrow your circle, that can make people very uncomfortable, nervous. Ooh, and they'll, try, they'll try and take you down. Um, that's big. Yeah, the that, wrong circle for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and I, I don't even, like, when, when people are, if people start hating on you, I don't even take it personal anymore. Like, before I used to get all pissed off and take it personal. But now that I understand mindset, I understand that, um, a lot of times haters are, haters are basically, you're making them uncomfortable with their own bullshit. They don't even That's realize right. it. It's totally subconscious, right? Yep. Um, I read that, that the average person, 95% of their decision is based on subconscious thought, right? So, so a lot of, a lot of the decisions we make and the behaviors we're engaging in, we don't even, it's, it's not a conscious decision. It's a subconscious decision. Um, it's just how we're wired. And when you're, when you start to outgrow your circle, it will cause resentment because you will remind them of what they could be doing. Cause you, you started from the same place. You guys came from the same place and, uh, now you're achieving all of these things and it just makes people uncomfortable. Uh, so that then they tend, that turns into resentment. Um, and, and it can be dangerous. Don't get me wrong. You have to distance yourself, you know? Um, love them, but leave them and, uh, and, and find a new tribe, find a new circle of people that are going to, um, encourage, inspire you and not be intimidated by your success and your growth. Yeah. And and I, I think that is one of the most important things to do. I also have struggled to say it's time. Right, yep. the, the environment that you're around to to the thing about just going with the flow. When you when you're in an environment where you are going with the flow, sometimes you don't even question whether it's good for you or bad for you. You just yeah, just roll with it. And I've definitely got swept away in that river of complacency, or let's just complain about stuff. You know, hey, it's not my fault. It, it's someone else. Yep. The yep. world did this to me. It's not me. Yep. And making that shift away to say, look. I, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I'm even grateful for the time we've had together, but it's time exactly. to move on from this. Yes. It's a really tough choice. What, what would you say to someone that maybe knows that the environment is not right for what they want, but they're scared to make that leap? Yeah, you don't, you don't owe anybody anything, first off. You know, you you have to, you know, you you owe it to yourself uh to 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 strive to become the best version of yourself. 
I had to I had to cut off friends that, you know, I have friends back in Brooklyn, man, and I, I love those guys. I went through like I went through we went through a lot of shit together and that that really builds up on. But I had to cut those ties, man. If I if I wanted to get away from that, you know, downward cycle and negativity, I, I had to I had to cut ties. And that was the first time that I had to do it. I mean, my girlfriend, you know, my girlfriend, uh, my first wife, you know, we were at the time she was living in in Queens when I left. I had to leave her um, in order to save my life. And that was a really tough decision. But it was a no brainer for me because Mm. I knew that I would end up, you know, if I stayed that I would end up dead or in prison. Um, So, you know, um, you have to make those tough decisions. And you have to constantly analyze. And I love the saying, you know, a red flag is a red flag. Uh, a lot of times <laughs> we see red flags in people and we ignore it and we, and we, you know, and, and it's not, I, I don't want to be like malicious or mean to anybody, but if, you know, if somebody's not serving you, um, you really, you really should distance yourself. If somebody is, if somebody is draining you, um, you know, impacting you in a negative way. Uh, it, it's really, really important to distance yourself um, from those individuals and surround yourself with positive people that are going to help you uh, reach your full potential. And the influence effect is real. It's it's real. I've, I've experienced it firsthand and I continue to experience it um, every day as I age and, and grow older and hopefully wiser. <laughs> I've been around you long enough to know you got some wisdom. I'm very confident. Yeah. So I hear we've got victim mindset. And then if we we paint the other side, let's say victor mindset, right? Victim or victor. Yeah. And I like that. When I'm when I'm in victim mode, what's going on in my head is it's not my fault. It's not my problem. Yeah. I can't change it. I got it's almost like I got no power. I have have no choice, no freedom. Yep. I'm just stuck. I'm stuck here and I'm frustrated. Yep. And and stuck looks different at different levels. Stuck yep. at, at maybe 18, like your story is like, I'm never going to make it out of here. But there's there's stuck even when you're doing incredibly well, where it's like, I'm not going to get to the next level. Yep. This is it for me. Or, you know, I've plateaued and this is the best I can do. Yep. If we if we look at the opposite, what are some of the mentalities that exist on the victor side? Well, let's paint the other side so that if someone is stuck in victim yeah. mentality, they can start seeing the other way. Okay, so it starts with gratitude. One, uh, one is you know if you if you just focus on your obstacles and the things that are hindering you, uh, you give those things power. And because when you're doing that, you're ignoring you're ignoring the opportunities. You're you're ignoring the potential solutions. You're not looking for solutions. You're just focused on a problem. So to shift, you you know, uh, you have to have a gratitude. You have to have gratitude uh, first and foremost, because when you have gratitude and you're thankful, it's hard to be negative. You know, when you count your blessings, it's hard to be negative. And um, so start with gratitude, um, and then and then you know, self awareness. Meditation is really really good because what the more and more you meditate, and it's meditation practice. It takes time um, to to develop that tool. You have to meditate every day and and you'll just start to get better and better. And you start to catch like this negative self-talk and stuff like that. Once you become aware of that and you, and you start to identify that, like, where's that coming from? Like, for instance, um, 
all my life, you know, ever since high school, I was running, you know, one time in high school and, and I got this like really extreme pain in my knees, you know, and, um, I had to stop running and, and then my dad had bad knees. And so all my life, like, you know, from my twenties straight until like when I was 52, um, I would tell everybody I have bad knees. I can't run. Um, oh man, that's right? a belief so right that, there. So that's a self-limiting belief. Um, and that was a, that was a self-limiting belief that I conquered last year. And I started running and, and I started doing things like cold plunging and other things to help reduce inflammation in my knees, you know, intermittent fasting, things like that. And guess what, man, my knees feel great. You know, I ran, I ran a half in Jamaica, uh, last week, you know, fucking crushed it. And, um, I, uh, I felt great. No knee pain, no discomfort, nothing. I had some sore muscles for a couple of days after the, r- the race, but felt great. So again, that's an example of a self-limiting belief. Uh, but whatever you tell yourself, you know, your brain is going to roll with it. It's going to be like, okay, that's, right. um, that's the situation, right? So now I tell myself, you know, when I journal, uh, you know, when I journal, uh, I actually started doing this w- when I quit. I started journaling uh, like in 2018, I think I started journaling and I would write down, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm in the best shape of my life. And that was, that was, <laughs> I wasn't in the best shape of my life at the time, but I am now. So again, it's like when you start, when you start implanting those positive thoughts and ideas and visions in your brain, you, your brain is going to roll with it and you could accomplish yeah. those things and honestly anything is possible that's that's my mindset now from when i was a teen like i'm screwed you know nothing's possible anything is possible like you said like that's how i i genuinely believe that and um life is great man yeah i love that concrete example too of of like i can't run yeah you know as soon as we get fixated on a thought like that it it like becomes real Yep. You start noticing pain. You start inventing pain. Dude, I used yep. to go to the nurse in like elementary school because I didn't want to be at school anymore. And I would yep. pretend to be sick. And then like yep. the next day, I would you like would for sick. real be sick. <laughs> and, and like, that's just how it goes. I, I find that's it the power. fascinating you, so you, how, so you, yeah, how strong our mind is. Yeah, the, the mind is powerful, brother. The mind is, is so, so powerful. And um, like, like, yeah, I think it was Dave Osborne who said, you know, it's a, it's a horrible master, um, but a, but a, but a, a powerful tool. Um, yeah. You know, so you want to be, you want to be in control of your brain. Um, you want to control that tool. Otherwise it'll control you. And, um, you know, and usually in a very negative light, like our brains are, our brains are designed to protect us. You know, we, our brains are naturally uh, geared towards scarcity, you know, and, just constantly trying to protect us. And uh, that's not what we need. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, you have to control, you have to control those thoughts. And uh, and if you do, um, you could accomplish, a lot, you know, some amazing things, you know? So let's say that someone's listening and they're, they're not quite in a a full on like panic mode. Their their life isn't in shambles, but they're at a place that maybe they've plateaued or maybe they've, maybe you, if you're listening, maybe you've gotten to a place where you're, you're like happy-ish, 
Yep. But like that, that comfort starting to set in. It's, it's actually yep. real dangerous. And the victim mentality is like, well, yep. you know, I'm, this is just where I'm meant to be. I'm not meant for more. Or exactly. They had something special or they, they're smarter than me. They're better looking than me. Whatever that, that lie is. Yeah. How, how do you help someone snap that and look at themselves in the mirror? Cause, cause you talk about self-awareness and self-awareness is, definitely the beginning of all change and transformation. Yeah. It's not always easy to like spark. So w- what do you say to someone that's that's in that spot where they know they can get more, but they, maybe they don't even know they got a victim mentality going on? Yeah. Again, it's uh, it, it, it comes back down to the self-awareness and like being true to yourself and understanding what you really want out of life. You know, um, most people, I think it was Mark Twain who said, you know, I can I can tell you how to get anything you want in life. Uh, but the problem is most people don't know what they want. Most people do not <laughs> know what they want. Like oh, so good. Like really, really digging deep and understanding what you want out of life, like what you genuinely, sincerely want, what would make you happy takes work. You can't just ask somebody that question and they answer it. It takes work. You really, really have to dig deep to pull that out. So I would encourage people to meditate. I would encourage people to journal. Uh, the journaling exercise um, that a lot of uh, a lot of these these diff- you could read all of these different books. It all comes down to the same thing, you know. Think and grow rich. You know, success principles. Be obsessed or be average. Like all of these books, it, it they'll tell you to do the same thing. Write it down. Write it down. Just randomly write it down. Again, what I was writing down was I'm in the best shape of my life. I was just writing That's that right. down. Right. And, and, you know, I own, you know, $50 million in real estate. I, you know, I travel the world. I have, you know, I have financial freedom, you know, whatever it is, just start writing it down as if it's there. And then your brain subconsciously is going to get, it's going to get on point. It's going to be like, okay, that's where we're going. That's the target. And, you know, things will start to fall in place. And it seems like it's magic or something, but it's not. It's, it's, that's just your brain. Uh, uh, working overtime while you sleep, whenever, to find solutions uh, to help you get to where you need to be. So that's that's, that's right. my advice. I love that. Yeah, meditation, yeah. journaling, both are really important. Uh, we've got some meditation episodes that you can check out with our integrator, the magical Marty Noki. So check those out because those will help you. Uh, there's a ton of journals too. There's there's just blank journals. If you're if you're new to journaling, I would say it's well worth finding a journal that gives you prompts so that you can yes. kind of loosen up the gears and get familiar yep. with it. Uh, yep. Yep. Amada, I, I love both of those. Let me let me ask you this because much of our work and really the theme of this show is that we're the biggest problem. So yep. you kind of shared how that's been you in multiple different instances and you've gone through your changes. What's the version of you today, though? Like, what does it mean to get out of your own way today to the version of you that has been successful and has done a lot of work on yourself? T- t- today is uh, today that the, the thing my challenge is growing my business, hiring and trusting um, that I could build a reliable, trustworthy, successful team. Um, because my business, my business is, it's an amazing business. And, um, and, and it, it's also a hobby and a passion of mine. So I want to continue to do it, but 
it's been uh, it's been eating up a lot of time and preventing me from pursuing some of the other things that are really important to me, like travel, you know, um, my personal life. I've sacrificed, you know, time, you know, uh, you know, my personal life, uh, you know, just socializing and stuff like that. So I really want to build a team so that the business is essentially running itself so that I could buy back my time and take a step back and have more free time to focus on the aspects of the business that I really love, the things that I enjoy, you know, my, my, my zone of genius, which is, you know, the genetics, the breeding, the breeding plans and stuff like that. And then the rest of it, you know, the shipping, you know, the husbandry, the day-to-day, you know, uh, taking care of the facility and stuff like that, you know, customer communication. I like to, I like to have a team dealing with all of that. And I think, um, I think that'll not only will that benefit me personally, but it'll also allow me to, um, to, to share some of this, uh, success and wealth with that team, with my team members, you know, um, I love that. I'd, 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 I'd like to create like a really, really cool, uh, you know, I have a couple employees now, but, um, I really want to expand it. I want to grow it. Uh, to, 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 you know, maximize the income earning potential and mac- maximize my ability to help others, you know, achieve millionaire status and success, um, you know, and financial freedom. So that's my, uh, that's my, uh, next challenge. And it's, and it's a challenge for me because I have a lot of, uh, I, I, you know, based on my, my, uh, upbringing and, and, uh, things that I experienced early on in life, you know, I have a tough time trusting people. Um, I have a tough time um, um, delegating and allowing people to do, I try to do everything myself, you know, so that's, that's some of the challenges that I'm dealing with now. Um, And again, it's, it's constantly self-reflecting and identifying and looking at, you know, okay, yeah, I'm doing great, but how can I do better? You know, yeah. how can I do more? You know, how can I continue to grow my business while increasing my free time um, and being able to travel, you know, once a month or, you know, uh, even have a house, you know, in another country somewhere that I really, really love. So um, anything is possible, like I said, and I'm always going to continue to push and um, try to improve. Uh, I know that about you. Because that's that's what life is all about. Yeah. Well, if you didn't hear that very closely, I, I, I want to emphasize what Ozzy just said. The the idea of getting out of your own way, it, it sounds cliche. And yet, even someone incredibly successful says, I got to work on trusting people. I got to work on delegating. I got to work on building this business so that I'm no. not the sole mover and no. shaker inside of it. And we think that success you don't have any problems <laughs> or that you don't become the problem. And, and Ahmad, I just really love your openness about that. Yep. Let's, yeah, uh, sure. Let's bow tie this with, with a soapbox. I'm just going to put this box in front of you. You get to stand on it. Clap, clap. <laughs> there it is. Pop, right in front of you. If, if you are standing on this soapbox and the person in front of you needs a little bit of fire, they need a little bit of, Oomph given by somebody who's walked through the flames already. They're they're looking at change. They're looking at getting out of their own way and, and making their life better. But they just need a reminder, maybe something that's on your heart, 
to someone going through it, what would you say to that person? They're, they're, they're looking up to you and they're saying, I, I want to be like that guy. What do you say? Yeah. So, so, so what I would say is, um, stop first, first off, don't ever try to be like somebody else, right? Um, you got to be like yourself and don't get caught in, in that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, mentality. What you should be doing is looking, taking a close look at yourself, um, identifying where you can improve and improving. And as long as you're making improvement, you're heading in the right direction. So, you know, whether it's, it's paying down debt, losing a little weight, whatever, as long as you're improving, then you're successful. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Everybody's journey is different. Um, so own your bullshit, face it, and every day wake up and and just, you know, nibble away at the things that are holding you back and 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 make sure you're making progress every day towards a better you. That's my advice. Yeah. I don't know that I could say that any better, man. If that if that doesn't embody getting out of your own way, I don't know what does. As long as you're making improvement, you're headed the right way. Own your bullshit and face it. Each day, wake up and nibble at the things that are holding you back and work towards a better you. Yes, sir. Sir. Ladies, gentlemen, this is the Ozzy from Ozzy Boyd's. I, I think, you know, Ahmad, you've been a really big staple in the local chapter that I got to know when I was living back in Baltimore. But I, I aspire and, and really appreciate the way that you own your story and your history, the way that you share that. And the thing that that stands out to me in all the notes that I took today, uh, this was something you were sharing when you were going through what it was like in childhood. You said, everything I was doing was insanity. And what what really rings to my core about that is sometimes we don't realize that everything we're doing is insanity mm-hmm. until we just decide, just the choice mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to do things different because this ain't working for me. And and when you get to that point, I think life gets really good. When you recognize that you can change anything, you become limitless. So I'm so grateful for your shares, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you, brother. It's it's good to catch up. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day and good holiday season. All right. Thanks, Aaron. I'll see you soon, brother. Thanks, Ahmad.